Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Episode starts. Give Teddy his treat to keep him quiet. And And go. And I think we're good. (laughs) Hopefully. We'll see how long it lasts. As usual. So... First week of October. It's pretty warm outside here. It is, um, but it's, it's been much nice, much nicer weather than yes. than we typically have ever throughout the year. <laughs> um, fall and especially October in Louisiana is uh, pretty nice. Yeah, it's probably it, one of the best months. Today is a lovely day. It is lovely outside. It's been lovely all week. Yeah, it really has. Um. But yeah, uh, you know, October kind of gets us in in the mood for for certain all type. of the holidays. Well, yeah, but also a certain type of books is where I was oh, going with that. Yes, I was just thinking that it's like the start of the whole holiday, holiday season. season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which speaking of which, I thought I would do a little teaser. I can't officially say. The advent calendar is happening this year. However, we have been working on it. It will, if we can pull it off, it will require a partnership. And until we have that partnership in place, I don't want to say officially that it's happening. But um, look out for an announcement. We'll announce it here. We'll announce it on Instagram. Um, So, yeah, just keep an eye out for that because hopefully soon we'll we'll be able to give the green light that it's actually officially happening. Yeah, exciting stuff. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Um, and if if a full advent calendar doesn't happen this year, we'll still try to find a way to do at least something fun for the holidays. So um, Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for sure. I also just, at the top of this episode was thinking that um, I wanted to ask people just to, if you're listening, if you're enjoying, either rate, review, or share our podcast. I know we say that at the end of every episode, but if you're like me, you don't listen to the closing credits of every podcast, and so you probably missed that part where we're like, do this, do that, whatever, but it, it really does help. It really would mean a lot to us. If you just tell one person that you think might enjoy our show, it would be really super helpful. I agree. Please do it. We would, again, like Jamie said, very much appreciate the support. And we're just going to go ahead and thank you now because we know that you're going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate what you've already done for us in the last 10 seconds. Thank you for your time and consideration. Yeah, that's really, really generous of you. Okay, (laughs) so we're doing another joint book today, Um, and we're going to shake things up a little bit. I I I feel like in the past we've kind of done like a joint retelling of the first part of the book and then kind of gone into our thoughts on it, but I thought 
this time we could just do a very brief synopsis of the book and then talk about what worked and what didn't work for us. Okay, so our joint book for October is a witchy one. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's The Witches of Moonshine Manor by Bianca Murray, I believe. I think so. Um, Yeah, so first, take it away. Yeah, well, what made you... I know why I wanted to read this book. What made you want to read this book? Number one, it's a witchy book. Um, and it's October, and I was ready for, for witchy books, like I always am, but especially during the fall. Um, secondly, the uh, the description that it's about geriatric witches was intriguing. Like, I thought that sounded really interesting and that they live in this manner. It sounded, when I read it, like it had a little bit of humor in there. Um, I've never read anything by this author before. Okay, I have. I've read okay. Hum If You Don't Know the Words, okay. which was easily a five-star okay. read for me. So I had that past, you know, history with the author. And then also the reason I wanted to read it is that um, – Carrie Sweeney actually did an Instagram live with Bianca. Ah, okay. That and just watching her, um, you know, talk on that was I was like, okay, I have to read this. And then when I told you about it, you were like, it's on my list too. Yeah. And so here we are. Yeah, it it came up on Instagram um, before it came out, and I immediately after reading the quick short synopsis, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to read this and putting this on my list. So perfect. Yep. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't write anything down for the okay. synopsis, so did you? I didn't write anything down for the synopsis, <laughs> but should we do just a quick um, character? We can, because there's a lot of characters, and because the author does it at the very beginning of the book, she introduces all the all of the different witches. Right. And since you wrote that down, and I couldn't because you stole my pen, I think that... <laughs> um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think that you should go ahead and oh, tell us about what? the characters. <laughs> I mean, I can give you my notes. Or you can just read it. Okay. <laughs> um, Queenie is the um, inventor and witch in charge. Uh, Ursula is a clairvoyant witch. Jezebel is a seduction witch. Ivy is a botanist witch. Tabitha is a goraphobe witch, is how she's described. <laughs> Um, but, she, the, but that's not her type of... No, she um, can speak to animals. Right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she is she is agoraphobic. Correct. Um, and Widget is her familiar. Mm-hmm. He's a bird. Yeah, like a crow or something. Yeah, I think he's a crow. And Ruby is described as missing witch. <laughs> <laughs> she also has a um, a power, obviously, but will discuss that later on (laughs) yeah so I think the quick and dirty synopsis is that these witches um are sisters not by blood but by choice they are living in moonshine manor um but unfortunately they don't have the money to continue living there and the mayor and the whole town is like coming after them more so specifically the men in the town yes um, they want to take back Moonshine Manor for themselves. And the witches have to band together to figure out how to stay there. 
and it's not only the the manor itself they are on a pretty large plot of land that they also own and that is the bigger reason for wanting them evicted from their home yes thank you um do we need more detail than that i don't know that we do i agree i think that i think that's a quick little yeah I do want to throw in really quick because yeah. I didn't give a description of a few my other characters. One not being minor, which is Persephone, who is a fifteen-year-old, um, not a, a wannabe witch, um, but they describe her as a TikToker, <laughs> um, and she has a little dog. Yeah, this is actually the first thing on my list for what worked for me. So, okay. if I can just yeah. talk about Persephone for a minute, because I'm obsessed with her. Um, Persephone's dog is named Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which just immediately made me fall in love with her. (laughs) It was pretty great. (laughs) And so Persephone is like this adorable little 15 year old feminist. And I just absolutely loved her spunk and the perspective that she throws into the book because yeah, a lot of it is septuagenarians now it does go back and forth in time i will say that it goes to like 33 years ago when an incident happened Mm -hmm. um and and the witches in present day are in their 80s so when they go back and forth they're in their 50s right i think i said septuagenarians but it's octogenarians yeah um but yeah so her um youth you know juxtaposed against the the older age of the witches was really entertaining i loved all of her modern magical references like she talked about muggles and the older witches were like what are you saying what (laughs) um and like all of her tiktok references and she's like we need to get this on social media and the witches are like what's a tiktok on a live yeah um she she was um she's smart beyond her years which but she also has that uh, Gen Z mentality that Teddy's not into Gen Z. <laughs> he, he doesn't like millennials and up. <laughs> uh, so, I'm sorry, Teddy. We won't mention that again. Um, but yeah, she just kind of gave a fresh perspective on on everything, and she really helped them, especially with a lot of the the issues that were coming up in present day that obviously they would have no yeah no knowledge of no how knowledge to get through of, them right um but i i also loved that she was a feminist and i love that so much of the book was feminist in nature like yeah. about female power right um and we will say that her dad is the mayor of the town um her mother passed away um prior to the book starting. Um, And so he is one of the many men in town who are trying to get the the witches (laughs) out of the manor. Um, Now, they obviously don't promote that they are witches. Um, The the men just assume... Yeah, it's almost like they know something's going on in the house and they're not like, oh, these are witches. They're just like, we don't want these crazy old baddie ladies living here anymore. Exactly. Another thing to note, though, is that the way the women have um, made income in the past is that they have a distillery. Yeah. On the property. Which is why it's called Moonshine Manor. Right. So they have, they basically produce and sell most of the liquor in town. 
another thing to to state about the um, the witches are that they not only did they choose to be lifelong friends, they grew up together. So they all came one way or another to the manor when they were very young, like between the ages of five and ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've really grown up with one another. Yeah, they really are like, like blood sisters, sisters even, yeah. even though they're not all related that way. Um, so I, I guess in regard to, like, we're going to discuss things that worked and didn't work for us. Um, I'm, I'm, I did take a few notes on this. Um, so I guess we do need to explain a little bit about Ruby for some of this to work, right? So this is such, it really is such a hard book to talk about because there's so many things that are slowly revealed throughout the plot. Um, but so, so I'll say it like this. There is something interesting about Ruby and very different about Ruby that, um, I think we can say that Ruby, I mean, she's a shape-shifting witch. Yes, okay, that's great. Yeah. Great language. She's a shape-shifting witch, correct. That's her power. And she cannot always control when she shifts. Correct. And how long she'll be in different shifts, um, you know, kind of depend on her mood and what, you know, if she's drained of power, how much power she has, or, or you know, everything of that. Okay, that's a good way to explain it, Jamie. Thanks. <laughs> Um, you're welcome. So really quickly, there is, which I think we can discuss this because it goes, it's such a big part of the book. There is a, um, a time 33 years ago, prior to present day, obviously, that, um, the witches are involved in a heist at a museum in town. Yeah. 33 years ago. And that's kind of where... All of the turmoil um, and where they, how they've gotten where they are now stems from this night. Yeah, like we said, you know, it's, it's described in the beginning that Ruby is missing, that Tabitha, Tabby is agoraphobic. And like these things, the reason they are this way is because of what happened 33 years ago. And I loved that the when she says missing and agoraphobic and things like that at the very beginning these are subtle ways to describe different personality traits about them that um are like slowly revealed throughout the book right i really enjoyed that i did too because you don't you don't catch it at first exactly until you're like oh exactly the way she like kind of reveals things throughout the book it's really clever and just i don't know that was that was enjoyable to me. No, I 100% agree. Yeah. I loved that. Um, I think one thing that I can say I didn't, uh, this didn't really work for me was the fact that in 33 years, the attempts at trying to connect with Ruby were didn't really happen. I just feel based on everything that was presented, and I understand in the very beginning they tried, but 33 years and you don't, try more than that um I guess I just never really thought about the fact that it was so long that she was away that she was missing um and that maybe that they didn't try harder but that didn't bother me so that's interesting yeah that's interesting that that it bothered me because they knew where she was I just accepted it as 
I don't know. That was just the plot. Yeah, they knew where she was. And I just thought that based on where she was, her gift presenting itself would have caused issues. Yeah. And that wasn't explained. Okay. That's fair. That kind of bothered me. Like, I was, I was like, how, how would that would how would they have, that have worked? <laughs> That's fair. I can, I mean, I get what you're saying. Okay. Noted. <laughs> um, one thing that I thought worked really well that I liked was how they, in between scenes or in between the story itself, they would read from the grimoire. The grimoire. The recipes and yeah. spells and stuff. And they were amusing. That was hilarious yeah like the different ingredients that were needed like just absolutely ridiculous an eyelash of a reigning british monarch like that was really funny and entertaining i want to try there were like one or two alcoholic beverages yes that were like oh that's doable i think carrie made one oh when she did her live yeah with um with bianca um okay the this is going to sound like a strange thing to say. I feel like in a lot of books I read these days, if there's a detail in the book, it's because it's moving the plot forward or it's going to come back later. In this book, I felt like the witches would kind of just go off on random little scenes or adventures and it didn't necessarily directly relate back to the plot. And I was like, it's just these old ladies being fun, silly old ladies. And I really enjoyed that part of it where it was like at one point they were just walking through a forest and they like took note of a monkey that was there. Not the main monkey because there is a main monkey later on like in, in the plot. But it was just a random monkey and they were just like, oh, look, it's a monkey. And they moved on with their life. And I just feel like that wouldn't ha- – like if that happened in another book, the then monkey that would monkey would come back later. about something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I, I know that that sounds like a silly thing to say, but it's just like it was so whimsical, I guess yes. what I was saying. Yes, it's very whimsical. It definitely has that feel to it. Um, and they're, you know, they're older witches, so I've never really read – a book that all almost all of the main characters are as old as uh, you know up in age as they are um so i think the perspective is obviously going to be different just as as any book if you're reading a ya novel or you're reading women's fiction of a 30 something or a 50 something going through a divorce i mean there's just so there's so many perspectives that we read about. I don't read about this perspective very yeah, often. I agree. It was nice to have a new um, like way of looking at life, a new view on things. Um, and I really appreciated the like representation in the book. So representing older ages, representing different races and like racism and ageism and gender issues and feminism. And there was just so much in, in the book but it it didn't feel like heavy handed like yeah they weren't throwing it down your throat yeah like that's not how it, it wasn't felt like at this all. is how you should feel about this social issue it was just like very subtly woven into the plot and I thought that it was done really well yes I agree a hundred percent um let me see I'm looking over my list to see what else I had um I really enjoyed this particular sentence. It was okay. I didn't write down the exact quote, so I apologize. But it was something about Persephone looking around the room, and it said something about she was trying to determine which witch was which. 
<laughs> yes. And I don't know, just, I literally like laughed out loud whenever I heard that sentence and um, it made me happy. So I wrote it down. <laughs> um, that's all I have on my what did work for me list. Do you have anything else? Um, I didn't write down too, too much. Um, I'm trying to think what worked and what didn't work. I'm, I mean... I just really, I really liked the character development and the secret slowly being. It it was a bit of a mystery to it. Yeah. To the characters and to the plot. Right. And so I, I mean, I think there was certain things where I knew before certain things were revealed that, okay, yeah, she probably did something <laughs> and that's, you know, what's going on here. Um and you could tell from some of the things that they said throughout the dialogue, even though they weren't explaining it, you could feel from their words and the way that it was written, like the grief of some of it. Yeah. Um, and just when they kept referencing back to that night and, you know, not knowing what was to come and especially um, Ursula, who is a clairvoyant and she doesn't get clear pictures of things, which has to be extremely frustrating because you're only seeing one part or it's blurry and you don't know why. And so there's only so much warning that you can do in that situation. Um, and sometimes you don't even know what you're warning about. Right. Like, I see that something bad's going to happen, but I don't have any other details in that. So right. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Which has to be extremely frustrating. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I just think that all of them, especially with all of their gifts and as you learned about them, it was just really interesting yeah I like the way the, they use them that there were so many different types of witchery represented yeah. as well yeah um one thing that didn't work for me quite so well was the narrator how did you feel about the narrator I don't know that I thought much about it so it must not have bothered me okay she must not have bothered me she grew on me but I felt like I wanted like an older voice like an I could see that and Mm -hmm. she was just too perky for for the story and I wanted someone like the narrator of um like City of Girls or the narrator of The Good House which I don't think you've read either of those two books but they have like just kind of more mature yeah more mature narrators and that's what I really wanted for this book and so because of that, because the narrator was throwing me off, like it took me a while to get into the book. Mm-hmm. But then once I got used to her and, you know, was getting into the story, I I really enjoyed it. I think four stars for me. What yeah. Yeah. I, I'm at around four as well. Awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad we read it. Like it was. No, I think it's a great a great new witchy read. And I think that if that's your thing, and especially if you're looking for something that goes along with the season, I definitely think this is a different spin and absolutely will get you out of just a regular, I mean, there's so many good, I don't want to say a regular witchy book. There are so (laughs) many good ones, but this one isn't like any other ones. It was unique. It was fun. It was whimsical. It was, um, socially conscious. It, It has a lot of things going for it. And I will say it's not um, it's not so light that there isn't substance. Oh yeah, like it's not just like a light read, but it wasn't anything heavy that or so scary or you know like anything like that that you have to get through. There are zero scary parts. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, definitely recommend. Same.
Okay, tea. What are we drinking? So to go along with our October joint read, um, we are drinking Trick or Treat Tea from Sogo Tea Bar. Because, by the way, the book takes place like leading up to Halloween. Right. So we thought this would be fun. Um, The flavor profile or the explanation is black tea blended with all the chocolate and sweet treat flavors of Halloween. So not giving you a whole lot of description there. Um, Can I tell you what I think it tastes like? Sure. Maple syrup. (laughs) Like when I first, my first sip, I was just like, this tastes like maple syrup in a tea form. Um, I don't know if you got that, but. Hold on. Let me take another sip. Smells like it too. Like just like it. So I do get where you're coming from. I don't think it. To me, it doesn't just taste like straight maple syrup. Like the smell is more maple syrup. Smell it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like it a lot more than I expected. Me to too. Because it's it smell the tea itself, like the tea leaves, smells like coffee. Yeah. And I don't like coffee, so it, I was like, I don't. Ah. And I, I, the, I do taste this light chocolate. Yeah, I get the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely on the sweeter side, and it feels like a dessert tea, like we generally mm-hmm. like. Um. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it compared to what I thought. Same. I'm chugging it down. And it does have a little hint of a coffee flavor to it. Yeah, it does. But I'm good with it. Yeah, for sure. Apparently, I can take a hint of coffee, but not straight coffee. Good to know for the future. Yeah, it's it's a good one for sure. I think that this on Halloween night... With a little chill in the air, with a blanket and a bowl of candy (laughs) for you or the trick-or-treaters. She's saying that because (laughs) I have a bowl of candy sitting on my counter, and she's like, oh, you're already prepared for the trick-or-treaters? And I was like, no, that's for me. (laughs) I want to eat that candy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't – we always – so Halloween is my cousin's birthday, my oldest cousin's birthday. And so we always go to his house or his mom's house for Halloween. So I'm never home Yeah, to hand out candy to trick-or-treaters. Sure. And one year I tried putting out a bowl and like like two kids just came and swiped it all. That's so... I know. So I don't even bother anymore. Yeah. But yes, I will be eating that candy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, um, do you have a Freudenfreude? Um, yeah. So yesterday I had a, um, wall decal install for a client. Oh, and that's different. it came out really cool. It's just her logo, but it was like huge. Yeah. And she wasn't there and she, she was like, call me if you have any questions, I'll be available. And so I called her just to make sure she liked it. And I couldn't get her. <laughs> and really, I probably would have moved it down just a tad, but she'd given me like specific instructions and- I was just like, let's just go with it. And I kept trying, and I couldn't get her. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, and she she really liked it, but she said, Marissa, I am you. You are me. Whatever you decide would be great. And Aww. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's a cool, like. Yeah, I mean, it was, she definitely has confidence in me. Um, and she, my opinion, obviously, 
holds a lot of weight. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so um, that was pretty cool, and it came out really nice, and I think she's going to love it when she gets to her office, and she gets to <laughs> look at so. it every day. <laughs> yeah. I sure hope so. Yeah, I was like, oh, if you don't like it, they can redo it, but it's going to peel the paint off the wall, so. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, yeah, you're just going to have to live with it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. That was just a little, I'm glad it came out so well. Anything with you? Um, well, I got an award at a conference. You did. You did. You did. That was. I was. Just, tell me. Tell us about it. So I am um, a member of an association for people who run associations. <laughs> and every year at their conference, they give out one award to an executive member, which I'm an executive member, and then one award to an associate member, which is like the hotels and the, um, you know, all the people who help us put on our meetings. Right. Um, and I just wasn't at all expecting it. And I was really shocked. And so when they called my name, I was just like kind of looking around like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? This is your second award this year. Well, the first one wasn't really for just me. It was to the company, but okay, I was I accepted it on behalf of the company. <laughs> Got it. Um, so this one was specific this one to you. Had my name on it. Very, very cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I I I don't know. I have no words. I was I was blown away. Um, That's awesome. And that has to be such a good feeling for all the hard work. It was. It's nice to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Pa- part of me thinks, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal because, I don't know, like, how do I say this? Don't put yourself down or I'm going to hurt you. All right. I'll just stop right there. <laughs> not really that I would hurt you, but I'd have to come give you a strong hug. <laughs> you are wonderful. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> Okay, I'll just take the win. Yes, please do. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, okay, well. We're going to go enjoy the day, the yeah, rest of the day. I'm just looking outside and it's. I know, it's beautiful. So pretty. And I think Teddy wants to go run. And <laughs> frolic. The, and frolic in the backyard. So let's go do that. All right, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers! Cheers.